Your station for prep sports year-round. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 27th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgater Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, the RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, and by Premier Automotive. Promotional consideration is provided by Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Perrin's Restaurant in Harahan, Reginelli's Pizzeria, with locations throughout the metro area, Ye Old College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall. Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie. Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner. Moe's Pizza in West Wego. Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna. Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie. Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie. Fat Boys Pizza on Metairie Road. By Mike Sirio's Pull Boys and Deli on St. Charles Avenue. By That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie. Bears Pull Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road. Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie, and by Manning's Restaurant at Harris Casino on Fulton Street. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com, and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning. And welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune-in app available for you anywhere in the world to check us out via iHeart. No excuse. You can hear us so many different ways. At home, if you got Alexa, just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 106.1 FM. Of course, at the end of the show, you can always catch the podcast. It'll be posted at CrescentCitySports.com if you want to hear it back or if you didn't get a chance to hear it and tell your friends. You can always listen back to the brilliant takes of Mr. Daniels via podcast at CrescentCitySports.com. In addition to that, you can email us at WGNO.com, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, or feel free to call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to participate in the conversation. Second hour, of course, we'll talk about the Saints extensively. We'll get into LSU in just a bit. We'll touch on the Pelicans. High school sports, you bet. Milestone victory for JT Curtis last night. We hope to visit with him, too. But I visit right now with my good and great friend, Ed Daniels of WGNO, WNOL, Friday Night Football, CrescentCitySports.com, Nash Icon, 1061 FM, and the Clarion Herald. Good morning, Ed. Kenneth, how are you? Doing fine. Just another nice day. Mm -hmm. And here to talk about 
the things we are passionate about and have some fun and, and, in the process. Okay, cool. Is that is what it, we're doing? That's what we're, oh, that's okay. my version. Oh, okay. You're well, not having fun? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. It's early on Saturdays. You know, when you go to bed at 2.30, it gets, it gets, it's an early revelry. But, but then you wake up, and then you're refreshed because no, of this brilliant show no. of 27 no, I get up, years, I get up whatever. On, I get up on Saturday morning, and I wash my wife's car and gas it for her. That's and then a, you eagerly await uh, the eager, three tailgater oh, show. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. With great anticipation. And bated breath. And bated breath. Bated breath. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't wait. You're chomping at the bit. I'm chomping. All right. So let's yes, sir. quit chomping and let's get talking okay. about a number of topics. 260-1061 to join us. Rudy Dixon is our producer. And let's start with this because it's a noon game. It's not the Riverbell Classic. That's coming up November 18th. But... Right. Southeastern is playing at Nichols at noon at Gidry Stadium today. What a quirk it is. Not only are they playing twice in the same season, but three times in the same calendar year, three times within eight months because they played back on April 10th in a wild one, 52 to 45 Southeastern one. Two really good programs, two really good coaches, two really good approaches. Notice how that rhymes, coaches, approaches. Mm. Bottom line is, Tim Rebo has done an incredible job. Seven years, he took this program from nothing, and he's built it into a consistent, mm-hmm. consistent winner mm-hmm. in playoff program. And how has he done it? With local talent. No one has more Louisiana players on its roster in this state than Nichols. And that's who they're playing with, and that's who they're winning with. Brilliant strategy, well-executed, mm-hmm. well-coached team, good players. Frank Selfo goes to Southeastern now in his fourth year, and we all know. Where he's at. I mean, you've got a Norco native in Timmy. You've got an Abbeville native in Frank, both of whom with deep, deep local ties. Frank Selfo got the playbook. Recruiting Louisiana products, mm-hmm. Louisiana players all over the map mm-hmm. and playing extremely well and coaching extremely well and got that program to the playoffs very quickly. And here they are with only one loss this year. Nichols with two losses, both of them to FBS schools. And Southeastern with one loss to an FBS school. These are good programs, Ed, consistently good programs. They deserve recognition. They deserve attention. And today they'll get it by playing each other. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, how about the whole quirk of playing three times in eight months? Well, you know, first of all, it's it's a set of unusual circumstances. Coronavirus won, and that's why the Southland played in the spring because of COVID-19. And then, of course, uh, what happened with, you know, playing twice is because they had schools leave the league and they had to fill their schedules. So it, it is an unusual uh, arrival at a couple of things, but that's what happened. And, you know, they're going to play twice this fall, and I, I think it ought to be interesting. I looked the game today. The line on it is minus one, and the total 72.5. So what they're telling you is it's going to be a close, high-scoring game. We'll be there. Richie Mills is there covering for us today. Uh, complete details at WGNO.com. And, of course, on WGNO News tonight with Jerry Paris. She'll be doing the sports tonight. But, you know, we, we, uh, we consider it a, uh, a big game. We'll be down there staffing it, and we're looking forward to it. And it ought to be a very, very interesting contest. And, you know, the, the line says, the line in the total said it's going to be a close uh, high-scoring game. So we'll see what happens. Not unlike it was in the spring, although what happened in the spring is is that Southeastern took care of the football. Nichols did not. Lindsey Scott did not have a good game. I think he threw four interceptions. 
So. Yeah, yeah, they they got buried and then came back and right, made, they made came it back. a closer right. game. Sure. Came came back and made it a closer game. But you know the thing that's interesting is and Rich and I were talking about it in the office and he brought up a great point yesterday is that the quarterback at, at Southeastern Cole Kelly who was the Walter Payton award winner for what he did in the spring, he's off to an even better start this year. He is. And he's he's 13 touchdown passes and five rushing scores in four games. So it's a pretty amazing start by by the young man, and and you know he he's a guy who we we all saw play in in high school, and he played at Joe Yenny Stadium against Rommel, I believe, for Turlings Catholic. He did. I did the game. Yep. And he was a big, big, big old boy at that point. Now he's a man, and you know he went to Arkansas, and he's and he's found a good spot. And you know you you talked about Frank Selfo, and I think it's it's interesting that one of the things he said was, look, we're we knew what the what the previous uh, coach believed his strategy, and I'm not saying it's wrong or it's right because he had a lot of success and got them to the playoffs before it kind of uh, you know didn't do as well as he thought it would would do. But I think it's important, you know, Frank Selfo. I think it's his last stop, all right, and he wants to coach there and he wants to build with high school players and he's going to take transfers like all FCS schools do. But I think he's going to try to. Uh, do what he can to get as many Louisiana kids on his team as possible as well. So in that regard, I think it's fantastic. And it's fantastic that both of the schools, who frankly in the past weren't succeeding at a high level. If you remember Timmy's – the last game before Timmy, I think they lost to Southeastern 62-3. to Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Some ridiculous or, or yeah. hideous number. But, you know, the fact that Nichols and Southeastern are both winning – and they're both extremely relevant in football, is tremendous. And hopefully, you know, they can make the next step, which is the upper echelon of the FCS. And talking, They're close. Right. But yeah. talking to Frank during the spring, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, one of the things he said was, we, we did an interview there about uh, another story we were doing, and one of the things that, that uh, Coach Selfo said was, We've traveled to other places in the country that are FCS schools. And we see the kind of facilities they they have, the kind of support they have. And to me, it's a critical time for both of those schools. And I know Nichols has a new field house. Yeah, it's beautiful. Big difference. Big difference. And, you know, I know Southeastern's trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And J.R. Teagues there is an extremely good athletic director. And it would be great. It would be great for the conference if, if one of those schools won a national championship. And, you know, I think traveling around the country and playing in some of these playoff games, they've learned what it is like at the top level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like I was watching a YouTube video, I guess it was Thursday, Mark Stoops said, look, if we're going to compete in this league, and this guy's done a tremendous job at Great Kentucky. job. Might right. want to keep him on your radar. Right. No question. He's done an, he's done an incredible job. And, you know, the fact that, that he says, look, if we're going to win here, we have to continue to recruit these type of players. I think he truly understands what it takes to win at a high, high level in the Southeastern Conference. Well, it's kind of the same thing in the FCS. Mm-hmm. Nichols and Southeastern have both had a lot of success regionally, 
But now they, they want to win playoff games. They want to be in the Final Four. They want to be in the championship game. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a road map to get there. And I think the first pu- piece of that puzzle is is keeping both of these coaches in, in place. Boatvald Family Athletic Complex, gorgeous 20,000-foot facility just opened at Nichols. Uh, they spent $6.5 million on it, and it's going to make a difference. I talked to Tim Rebo. We had him on the show this week on uh, 106.1 FM. We had Frank Selfo on the show, too, on Wednesday night. You can go back and listen to that and read my story at CrescentCitySports.com. Big game today, first of two meetings this year, and it's a toss-up game as well. It should be. Lindsey Scott has improved dramatically this year. He's finally settled in, and you're seeing what he's capable of doing. When you saw him coming out of Zachary, it's what you expected. He's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations to end up in this spot in Thibodeau. He's flourishing now. And as for Cole Kelly, I honestly believe he's going to play in the NFL. Well, he's got all the, uh, all the attributes. He's got the size. He's got the arm. Uh, he's got some mobility. He's not a bad runner. He's, I mean, he's, he's not, not fast, but no, he's not a bad no, runner. No, but, but he's but – he's, he's, He's more than adequate in mm-hmm. that area, yep. and um, and obviously he has a, a team that has galvanized around him, so he has some leadership skills as well. No doubt. And, you know, good for him. All right, it's 504-260-1061, Mandeville, where Chase awaits us. Hi, Chase. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgater Show. Hi, it's uh, Jason, and I'm actually on the way oh, to Jason. the game right now. Um, I've seen so Cole Kelly, I've seen defensive linemen hanging off him while he's throwing. <laughs> um, but uh, I've also uh, seen Dejon Dixon now for several years. Uh, we talked about Cole Kelly in the draft and maybe playing on Sunday. What about Dejon Dixon, gentlemen? Yeah, Dejon Dixon has the size. Dejon Dixon uh-huh. competes. He doesn't run great. But he doesn't run bad. I think that's a fair description. Ed and I watched him in high school. Yes. And I've seen him play throughout his stay at Nichols. Chase 4K, of course, went to him. He played hurt the one year and was still productive. And he's not hurt now. And he's just been off the charts. So, no, absolutely, I think he's got a great chance to play at the next level. I haven't looked at draft projections, but with his size and his ability, it wouldn't be surprised to me if he's a mid-round guy. I certainly think he can play in the NFL. Brilliant player. For that matter, I think Julian Gums has a chance. He yes. is a strong, quick, tough running back. And he, his body and his, his prototype is, is the NFL prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can take a beating. He can make the runs. He can take the hits and, and keep on going. So I think you're looking at, I don't know, three, four guys from these teams that could absolutely play at the next level. Ed. Well, Cole Kelly's, you know, 6'7". So the gentleman makes an excellent point. He's listed on their, on their website as 6'7", 260". Yeah. So he's a he's a he's a very very big man, and you could see why guys would have a hard time getting him down. As far as Dixon is concerned, the one thing I would say about Dixon is this, and Kenny mentioned it: he has the size, and a lot of NFL teams love big wide receivers, including the New Orleans Saints. And a guy like that down in the red zone is somebody that can definitely be utilized. And I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of, of, of um, draft capital placed on guys who can run, and I get it. But I think one of the things you have to look at is a guy who can be productive. And to me, a guy like that who can be productive has a chance to be 
an extremely good player. And again, a big wide receiver, and a lot of teams place a real premium on that. What do you think about P.J. Burkholzer, the offensive lineman, as, a, as maybe a free agent in the NFL? Well, I mean, you know, certainly I, I think there's always a chance. And, I mean, you know, look, linemen are always given a chance. And, and you're always looking for a – if a guy is not drafted for a free agent offensive lineman. So Saints have some on their club right now. And those guys have a way of sticking in the league. So I think he would have a chance. Well, Burkhalter's got what – you know, for the interior – of an offensive line at the next level, he's got what you're looking for. He's huge. He's 6'2", 6'3", about 330 pounds. Correct. You know, he's he, he's one of those road graders, okay? And, and he can get leverage. Definitely inside player. And because he's not overly tall, leverage is important. He does get that. He's a first-team All-American and a guy that very clearly has been a huge part of their run game. They've had a guy like that every year for the last four or five years that Timmy's had at Nichols, and it's one of the reasons they've been able to run the ball so effectively. But I think what's made them more dangerous this year is they're throwing the ball really well, too. So last year was a was an up-and-down year, as Ed mentioned, for Lindsey Scott. This year he's been much well, more consistent. Well, Lindsey Scott threw a lot of interceptions against uh, Southeastern last year, but he didn't for the year. He didn't have many at all. What happened was he just didn't have a good game. And when you're up against a, a guy who on the other side – and, you know, they're not on the field at the same time. But, but in a game like that, it's a quarterback comparison. You can't get away from it, all right? And Cole Kelly did a great job last year. And, you know, he was, he was better. He was more efficient. And my guess is, and I don't know Lindsey Scott, but my guess is that kind of probably stuck in his craw a little bit and, and made, it, made him wanted to perform better. Good for him. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Raider Pride. All right. Appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. For the call. We appreciate uh, you listening. It's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Yeah, I laugh because when Timmy Rebo was on the other night, both he and Frank were on. And, they, by the way, they're good friends, and they have uh-huh. incredible respect for each other, as it should be, and it's really cool. But Timmy said, he said, look, i got to do a good job because Chase called me. And uh, Pierce Bond called me, and they said when they found out I was going on with you tonight, oh, they're going to listen, man. They found out they're going on with you tonight. Uh, one of the things we love doing covering high school sports is meeting these young men at the high school level, and they're so much fun to be around and seeing how they go on to have success in football and in life. And I just get a kick out of it when guys come up to me years later and said, you did my game in 1983. My response is always the same. Did I say something nice about you? So, and – most of the time, I get a yes on that one. Occasionally, not. But Pierce Bonk, if you're listening, one of the student council president, one of the finest young men I've ever met, fantastic guy. And Chase Forcave might have been my favorite guy to cover on the high school level all through the years. You talk about a nice, positive, fun guy who competed like crazy, was a heck of a player, great guy. So, uh, really, and by the way, you know, that, that young man is a big part of this renaissance at Nichols, too, and what they carry on today. 2601061 to join in the conversation. Bottom line is, you mentioned it, the minus one, but whatever the over is, you know, when you least expect it, it might be a lower scoring game, but I don't think so. I just don't well, think that either defense is equipped to be able to, to stop either offense. I think whoever gets three stops wins the game. 
Well, I mean, that, that certainly could be the case. Again, the, the thing that I notice when I, when I look at this stuff is, you know, when you, when you look at the betting lines is, you know, when you talk about a, an over in the 70s, all right, an over, a total in the 70s, you, first of all, you never see that in, 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 in the NFL, never, ever. But in the, in the college game, when you see an over in the 70s, it's, it's, it's pretty stunning. And I, and I believe the total in the Alabama Ole Miss game, it, I think it at least opened at 77. I don't know what it ended up as. But, and, of course, the underscored. What was it, 42 Oh, yeah, and boy, was I wrong about that game. Yeah. I thought Ole Miss had a chance and would compete. Right. Yeah, think again. Right. But when, when, you look, when you look and you get to a total in the 70s, like Maryland, Ohio State today, Ohio State's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in that game is 71-and-a-half. When, when you start getting into that territory, it's pretty crazy. And when you get into an 80, and I don't know if we'll, we'll see that this year or not, but when mm-hmm. you get into that kind of situation with, with a total, then it really makes you stand up and take notice. You know, um, it just it, it's just – for instance, Arkansas and Ole Miss today. I mean, that, that is a – the total in that game is 66-and-a-half. And Arkansas, as you know, is not great offensively. But they do run the ball, and their quarterback throws the ball. But, but let's, let's face it. Other than Alabama, who's going to move the ball on Georgia? You know, it's, it's – one when, heck of a defense. Right. When you, when you look into, in today's football, and, I, you know, their schedule, I know it hasn't been great. But when you look in, in, a, in today's football, with all the offense in today's football, and a team is allowing – less than five points a game. And I think the Alabama team in 2011 that LSU beat in Tuscaloosa 9-6 in overtime, I think that team allowed six points a game. But when you talk about a team that is allowing five points a game, I mean less than five points a game, 4.6 to be exact, that's pretty amazing. And that's, that's probably a big reason why on the road today at Auburn they're, they're a two-touchdown favorite. They're that good on defense. 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. We'd love to hear from you. When we return in just a moment, the plight of the Tulane football program. We'll get into that still to come. LSU, the Saints, Pelicans, high school, and more, and everything. And your calls about anything sports. Always welcome here at 504-260-1061. He's Ed. I'm Ken. It's the Three Tailgaters Show. And we're back in a moment on 1061 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report in this region's own E. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. 
Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizza. We have 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. As life gets back to normal here, Diamonds Direct is doing our part with a special offer that's guaranteed to make celebrating those important moments easier and more affordable than ever. You can make any purchase at Diamonds Direct now and spread your payments over five years with zero interest. And everything's included. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands. Plus, every sale at Diamonds Direct will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. Buy now, spread your payments over five years, and give back at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. Like many people my taxes confuse me so much this year i totally screwed them up and ended up owing the irs a ton of money little did i know messing up so bad was going to make me owe nearly twenty-one thousand dollars. i didn't know what to do but then i found easy tax relief man did they save my life the irs thought i had enough assets with my retirement account to pay down the balance but easy tax relief negotiated with the irs and got my balance down to 100 having the irs breathing down your neck is no joke. The experts at AZTaxRelief.com know what they're doing and can help you like they help me. They can even fix some of the biggest tax issues and will give you the most confidence when you call for a free consultation. They got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and they'll give you $200 off the services they offer when you give them a call today. Easy Tax Relief is here to help. Give them a call. 800-575-2063. That's 800-575-2063. Or head to EasyTaxRelief.com. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Well, Tulane is now 1-5 and in 0-2 in the American Athletic Conference. So... The record is what the record is. The record doesn't lie. I think it's legitimate as to who this football team is. There's so many numbers to ponder when you talk about this two-lane team. Number one, they've given up the most yardage to every single opponent they face this year, the most yardage that opponent has gained all year long. On the offensive side of the ball, there's this. In the five losses, Tulane has averaged 109.4 yards rushing per game. Think about that with this run-heavy offense and how many yards and how much productivity they've gotten out of their running game under Willie Fritz. But it really cuts two ways. It's not just the fact that they're not succeeding running the ball. It's the fact that by not succeeding, the defense is on the field more. And this defense is, for lack of a better word, anemic When you look at what's happened for Tulane this year, outside of the Morgan State game, they're allowing 44.2 points per game. 44.2. Then there's this. They can't get the wake-up call. They come out of the gate snoozing every week against Oklahoma, 37-14 in the first half. Against UAB, the deficit was 21-0 in the first half. 
At Ole Miss, the deficit was 40-14. to 14. At East Carolina, the deficit was 24 to nothing in the first half. And at Houston, it was 14 to nothing. Something in the water. They've got to change the approach. Maybe it's the fact that they're not good enough, but they shouldn't start off so poorly in all of these games because they were able to come back against Oklahoma. They were able to come back against UAB, and they were able to come back against Houston and even take the lead. But they start off so poorly, it's hard to overcome. I'm not sure what the rationale is. But here's where you are. At 1-5, you've never beaten SMU under Willie Fritz. You're not going to beat UCF in all likelihood. You're not going to win at Memphis in all likelihood. You're certainly not going to beat Cincinnati. And you're going to have a tough time with USF. Tulsa, maybe you'll be favored to beat. It might be the only one of the group. Tulane, one of the worst defenses in the country. Bottom seven in the country in average yards allowed. Bottom five in points allowed. Two new coordinators, no disrespect. It might not be the coaching, but it's not working. So it begs the question, where is this program and where is it going? So much euphoria, so much optimism, and rightfully so, because Willie Fritz had taken this team to three consecutive bowl games. They're not going to a bowl game this year. They're certainly not having a winning season this year. And as Les East wrote for CrescentCitySports.com, following up on my piece, he wrote that the Tulane team and program seem to have hit their ceiling as far as what they can do and can accomplish under Willie Fritz. And it's not a knock on Fritz, and he's by no means in any trouble, nor should he be. Mm-hmm. Okay, He's done a very fine job at Tulane. But in the final analysis, they don't run the ball well. Their offensive line is getting Michael Pratt killed. Mm-hmm. He's getting the, the living hell beat out of him every week and their defense can't stop anybody so that's a really really bad equation and I just mentioned the rest of these games I mean can you find more than two wins remaining on the schedule very hard to do so Ed your take well I think it's a it's a confluence of a lot of things their offensive line is underperformed their quarterback is clearly hurt. Now he's able to practice, but he played a game a couple of weeks ago against UAB where he didn't practice the whole week. And and he's tough as nails. And he's tough as nails. But he's out there, but you know he's not close to 100%. Defensively, they've been at times embarrassingly bad. And I know they made a change there at coordinator. That's not working, Whatever whatever's going on there. Also, you know, look, I think you understand when you watch this team play how good their defensive line was a year ago. You know, DeAndre Williams, a good player. Of course, Patrick Johnson and Cam Sample both playing in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. They haven't replaced those guys. And the schedule's tougher. You know, maybe we're singing a different tune if Tulane's playing uh, different uh, teams, but they're playing Ole Miss and Oklahoma one who's a top-five team and one who was in the top ten. So I think that's a part of it. But one of the nuggets that I got from the press conference listening to it, I wasn't there on Thursday night because I was doing the news, and it was going on during our newscast. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is is that Willie Fritz said on offense, defense, and special teams, maybe sometimes we're asking people to do something they cannot do, which to me – 
uh, tells me one thing, that's disagreement among the coaches. And um, whenever I hear that, I'm like, eh, that's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound all that promising. But I, I don't think this has been updated since Thursday, but I'm looking at the league website, all right? This shows you the, the importance and what's going on with defense. Cincinnati's allowed eight touchdowns all year. Now, this is, I think, before this week's games. Houston, 11, SMU, 13, East Carolina, 19, Tulane, 32, 32 touchdowns in six games. Well, that has been updated. 32 touchdowns in six games. So that's pretty amazing. And when you, and when you take out the Morgan State game, as you said, even with the Morgan State game in there, the only game they have won all year, they're allowing 40.2 points per game. It's crazy. You know, you can't, I, I know you lost guys, but you can't be that bad, all right? You can't be that bad. Plus, I think it's pretty obvious that Tajay Spears is not 100% yet. He had that long run on the 39-yard uh, the run on the, on the draw play for a touchdown on Thursday night. And it was good to see him running away from people because that's what he does. He has elite speed. Um, you know, I think it's been a confluence of a lot of things, and I don't think the 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 month in Birmingham helped them either. So, but that would be an excuse, and I don't think you can, you know, that that that's over with, and you've got to find a way to regroup. And as you mentioned, the teeth of the schedule is coming up. In a lot of ways, I mean Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a great team. That guy's going to get a big job, Fickle, at some point. He's really a good coach. Outstanding. He he's, he's done, really outstanding. Yeah, he's done a tremendous job. And look, he was passed over for the Ohio State job, and he's an Ohio State guy. He was their defensive coordinator yep. before he came to Cincinnati. That guy's really good. But the thing the thing that I look at is is that the thing that disappoints me the most is being unable to protect the quarterback. It's like a jailbreak. Now, I know Houston did that last year, mm -hmm. but this is an experienced offensive line, at least center, left guard, left tackle. And, yeah, I just thought that they'd be better. So did I. I thought it would be a strength of their team. Yes. It has not been the case Yeah. So, at all. So, I mean, it's a total breakdown. And, and look, Kenny. The best thing that they've had this year is their tight end play. They're getting really good production. James and Wallace have been James very good. James and Wallace have been really good. For the, the tight ends have been extremely productive. Give Chip Long credit for some of the schemes to be able to create space for these guys. They're working very well. But the wide receivers, it's no better than last year. It's not good enough. The secondary, which we thought would be improved, it's not been better. I know Nick Anderson's been hurt, got hurt, but still, mm -hmm. on defense, there is no difference maker. Right. And when you have a chance to, to get a pick six the other night, Drop it. You drop the ball. And that guy's a good freshman, Jaden Cannon. Yeah, he's got a chance to be a good he's player. A, he's a good player. Yep. But, mm -hmm. again, they don't have the leeway to be able to make mistakes mm -hmm. and overcome them. They've got to make plays when they can. And, and you know, and I hear from a lot of Tulane people, and, frankly, I'm, I've, I've heard this my entire life, and, frankly, I'm tired of hearing about it. All yeah. right? It's, it's hard to win here. All right? I get it. I understand that. But who made it that way? Yeah. The, the answer is, is that you made it that way. Right. And, you know, here we are, and a lot of people are frustrated. The, the stands are empty, and people aren't coming. They're not winning. And, uh, you know, the other, other night, it's a, it's a weeknight. The game's on television. 
I understand you don't have to leave your your uh, your home. You can you can watch the game in total comfort and then still go to work and and be early in the morning. I get all of those things. Okay, I get all of those things. But again, the the I heard so much about how this stadium was going to turn the fortunes of the football program. All right. And again, what I'll say the same thing I said 10 years ago. A stadium doesn't make tackles and doesn't score touchdowns. And you know what? You can't blame it on the Superdome anymore. That excuse is gone. All right? I heard all the great things about it was going to be a panacea. That all the students were going to be there. It was going to be packed. We were going to have tailgating and all this other stuff. You know what? That's all BS. All right? And if, if, this, if this – When did they fill that stadium? When they played Georgia Tech, the first game. First game. First game they played Georgia yeah. Tech. You know, my, my point is this, all right? My point is this. Again, when does someone at Tulane who is in charge stand up and say, why aren't we winning? All right? Now it's Willie Fritz's fault, who, by the way, has accomplished everywhere he's gone. Yeah, he's a really good coach. Really good coach, and he's still a good coach, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's accomplished everywhere he's gone. Now it's, now it's a Willie Fritz issue, all right? No, as it's been since 1965 with a few little moments of uh, excellence sprinkled in under different coaches, okay? It is a university problem, and the reason they aren't winning is because the university doesn't want to win. Because if they wanted to win, they'd operate differently. Thoughts are welcome at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. We'll talk prep. We'll get into LSU coming up, the Saints. We'll touch on the Pelicans, all that. And, of course, anything that you would like to discuss, we'd love to hear from you. It's 504-260-1061. Three Tailgaters Show. Ken and Ed will continue in a moment here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon on the web at Nash FM. 1061.com. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Have you looked at your website lately and said, gosh, this needs work? Or maybe you've just been putting off building a website for your business. Well, don't stress. Cumulus Digital is here to help. Our custom-designed and comprehensive website packages include everything you need, including links to your social media, Google search, and we even drive customers straight to you. Starting at just $1,500 to build and low monthly hosting and maintenance costs starting at just $85, we'll take care of it all. Go to nolacumuluscares.com today and get started. 
For 15 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field of high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field at the Caesar Superdome during the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Saturday night, December 18th. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. Can I get a weight reading on the cotton exam three? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is like hurting cats. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require an online consultation. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Think you might have ED? ED is common. But the solution is simple. Forhims.com. I didn't have to talk to a doctor in person, and the medication was shipped right to my door. Get access to doctors online who can prescribe you FDA-approved ED medication if appropriate. The same active ingredient as name brands, but 90% cheaper. Rise to the occasion or your money back. Go to forhims.com slash joy to get your first visit free. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 106.1 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. LSU Tigers tonight at Lexington to take on Kentucky. Kentucky off of a big win over Florida. I did my podcast this week for CrescentCitySports.com with Devery Henderson. Great memories. And then, by the way, we had Marcus Randall on our show last night when Woodlawn won its game and reminisced with him as well. Uh, the Bluegrass special, the Bluegrass miracle, of course, taking place, what, 19 years ago now? LSU doesn't go to Lexington very much. They're going there tonight and under the cloud of the future of its program. And... And I've seen everything over the last week or two, like it's he deserves more time and deserves a mulligan or two based on 2019. He should be gone immediately or he should be gone at the end of the program as well, or end of the show, whatever. So uh, bottom line is he is in a position right now, he being at Ogeron, where you don't know what's going to happen with him at the end of the season. Number one, I don't think anything's happening during the season. That's clear. I think it's one of those situations where you don't have anybody uh, that's going to change in the middle of a season. I don't think there's any doubt that that's the case. So we start there. Is there trouble on the horizon? Sure. If things don't change very soon, there certainly could be trouble on the horizon. And understandably so, given where the program is as compared to where it was and what's happening from this point forward. All of those things are certainly part of the deal when you think about where this program is and where it's going. But I don't think anything's going to happen during the season. I simply think that it's one of those situations where you're going to have the dogs barking loudly about Ed Ogeron because maybe, I, maybe there's a dark barking dog in, in uh, Lexington. You know, could uh, be. Uh, you know, we're we're hearing we're hearing some barking dogs right now. 
Yeah, maybe there's a barking dog. The line two and a half tonight. So uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe LSU is a live underdog tonight. All right, you agree nothing's going to happen during the season. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And you know, look, this is a critical game this week. I mean, there's there's no question about that. This is a this is a critical, critical, critical game. This is a game that that could get them back on track if they won this one, because look, they shouldn't have lost last week. So Tulane's averaging 109 yards a game rushing, outside of Morgan State. LSU is averaging about minus 100 yards a game. No, I'm just exaggerating, yeah. clearly. But a little bit. Have you ever seen anything this anemic? At that level, with that type of program in terms of running the football, I, I can't recall anything like it. I really can't. I was thinking about that the other day and trying to find some sort of comparison, and I really wasn't able to come up uh -huh. with one that made any sense. I just couldn't find any. So, well, you know, look, here's the bottom line. Everyone can talk. Everyone can talk about, yeah. look, they didn't tackle the quarterback and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. and I get all of that. that that's, that's certainly a, a relevant point. I, right. get, I get all of that. All right. But here's the bottom line. You got to the five yard line and the eight yard line first and goal. Yep. And settled for field goals. Game and, should have been over. Right. And the old LSU team punches that in. And if they get if they get seven instead of three and, it, and instead of 13, nothing, it's 17, nothing. Game's over. Renee Nato wrote a good piece about the, the failure of the 2019 recruiting class at CrescentCitySports.com. Yep. I think it was right on. It was right on the mark. Yeah. If you want to analyze, if you want to pinpoint any one thing right now that has them in the position that they're in, you can talk about all the coaching changes, and it makes sense. And, yes, pretty much every step of the way, they hired a lesser coach than the one they had. That's my opinion, whether you agree with it or not. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly contributed to it. But the 2019 recruiting class, which was highly lauded, has been nothing of the yeah. sort. Yeah, I, I did some research on that about a month ago for a – for an article I wrote for the uh, Catholic churches in um, the Clarion Herald about that 2019 class. Yeah. And you go back and look at all the guys who were in that class, and there's not been a lot of contribution. And the thing about that is that, that's your third-year guys right now. That's the third year in the program, and that's supposed to be the backbone of your program in college football right now. And that has not been a good class. And, you know, it's pretty simple. And, you know, uh, I want to say one thing about the whole – a two-lane deal. Well, we hear about the academics and all that other stuff, all right? I went and when we were in the commercial break and I looked at U.S. News and World Report, best global universities. I went through the top 100. This is global, okay, that they rank. This is their rankings. I, I, didn't, I didn't go into in-depth as to how they arrived at that, all right? But this is their rankings, all right? Tulane is not in the top 100. All right, and I'm not saying it's not a great school. I'm just saying it is not in the U.S. News top 100 at this point. By other metrics, it's top 50. Okay, okay. but but I'm, I'm just saying I, I understand right. what you're I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm looking at what their rankings say. All right. Okay. What their rankings say. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. All right. So saying, what's the point? My point is this. Okay. North Carolina is 36. Texas is 38. Pitt's 43. Ohio State's 45. Minnesota's 47, Colorado's 59, Illinois 60, Maryland tied for 60, Georgia Tech 66, USC 70, Vandy 72, Penn State 75, Arizona 97, Brown 100. All right? So what I'm telling you is you can't keep using that excuse. 
We have a third tailgater joining us in Lenny Van Gilder, and you bring that up, so I'll bring him in because he spent an enormous amount of time on campus at Tulane University where he watched occasional would be the right word, success. I'm trying to be kind uh, about football, but for the most part, wandering in the wilderness. Yeah, and he, so, and, and he manipulated the attendance too, big yeah, time. on a regular right, basis. Yeah. On a regular basis. He couldn't basis. manipulate the win-loss well, total. Believe me, if that, if, that were, if that were a crime, the feds would have thrown him, you know. He'd still be in there. I'd okay? be signing in to visit him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'd be, at the, we'd be in Colorado somewhere, you know, signing in to a, a, a max facility to, All right. to visit him. I want to get Lenny's thoughts on LSU. But, Lenny, we talked about Tulane in the last segment, and, Talked about the piece I wrote after the game, the piece that Les East wrote about the ceiling uh, being reached and so forth and so on. Boy, haven't we heard this before? We, look, we have. Uh, and and I, would, I would say this. When you're at a place like Tulane, there is little margin for error. So when things like hurricane disruptions happen, when injuries happen, when all of those kind of things happen, you know, I think they have a cumulative effect. Ed, you touched on it about, you know, the – what being gone for nearly a month did to this team. 2005, we know that is terribly different than what we're dealing with now, right. thankfully, okay? But remember that 2005 team, if, if I remember correctly, they ended up having to play 11 games in 11 weeks, just like LSU In 11 did. different stadiums. In 11 different stadiums, okay? That Correct. was obviously different. Uh-huh. They started out 2-1. and one, Yes. And then lost eight in a row. Correct. Okay? Uh-huh. You look at what happened to this team. They played... You know, tremendously at Oklahoma, inspired and, you know, in spite of everything they had been through that week. You know, obviously played well and then called off the dogs against Morgan State. Mm -hmm. And then started okay, you know, against Ole Miss, had a little bit, and then just all of a sudden Mm -hmm. got steamrolled, and it's not been the same since. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen little dribs and drabs. You had a, a little bit of a comeback against UAB with a chance. They had chances to make plays and perhaps tie that game, maybe even get over the top, didn't do it. You know, had chances Thursday night against Houston. You know, got a lead briefly, but could not get over the top. Correct. So, but other than that. Uh-huh. Can't get pressure on a quarterback. and well, got there's, a lot, there's a lot of things they okay, can you do got, it again. But yeah. you can't get pressure on a quarterback and you keep blitzing. Now, it right. worked for a while, yeah. but then but then it, it didn't work. But look, I, I think your point's well taken, Lenny. I don't think they've ever recovered from Birmingham. All right? And I think it took a lot of starch out of their team. But they had, they had a lot of things confluence at the beginning of this year. But, you know. And I think, even, let, me, let me add this. Even if everything had been perfect, if Ida had not happened, if a lot of other things had not happened, this is clearly the most difficult schedule Willie Fritz has had to play in his time here. Having to play Oklahoma and Ole Miss sure. out of conference. They, if they, Cincinnati, if they, Cincinnati, I'll say it now. Cincinnati, belong, if they, Cincinnati runs the table, they belong in the playoff. They'll probably find a way to keep them out for the conspiracy theorists out there. They'll find something, whether it's strength of schedule or whatever, to try to hold them out of there. But, you if know, if they in don't my get mind, in this year, you'll never see a Luke team. Fickles, in. He's leaving. Yeah. If they don't get in this year, well, it's time but, for Luke but, Fickle but, to leave and go the, to a Power Five. The, the playoffs changing. They're going to go to eight teams to protect the no, ball. They're going, well, no, they're going. No, they're, they're going, going to 12. twelve. They're going well, to 12. twelve teams. Though. Right. Yeah, twelve teams. Right. That's one of the so, things that we uncovered here. Right. What, yesterday, I guess, was was the AP report that ESPN gives them the same amount of money if it's an eight-team playoff as it is a four-team playoff. This is all about making more money. It's going to twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's also going to go out to bid too at some point. I would say. 
It could. If it yeah. gets to 12, I think you may see somebody yeah. else come, come to the see. table. Sure. And look, I, and I think, you know, I know we're off on a different tangent, but I think the Bulls, the Bulls not being on over-the-air television has hurt them. All right. I just think that it's look. This is this is 2021. I mean, there's so there's so few things. I don't think right, but there's I, a lot of cord cutting too, Lenny. And, no doubt. And it's definitely affected the ratings. There's a lot of cord cutting. It's definitely why, affected which affected is, the which ratings. is why ESPN is pursuing an over the top option that you don't need cable anymore. You can buy a subscription and just be able to sure. watch yeah. ESPN. So. You know the times they are changing, didn't uh, Yeah, well, I mean that's, that? that's, that's I've heard that somewhere yeah. before. <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. Look, there, there's a lot of things that have happened, but the you know the, the and for whatever whatever reason, the change on defense has not worked out. All right, it's not worked out, and you know the, when when Willie Fritz changed offensive coaches, that did work out, and I think Doug Roos is a good coach, and Jack Curtis is a good coach as well. And both of those guys worked for him for a long time, but uh, you know it just it it for whatever reason, all right. And I think you know not having Johnson and Sample, who are both exceptional players, has made a difference. Their defensive line was really uh, the strength of their team. But they got you know if you go back one year, okay, one year it's either one year or two years. If you go back, I think it was last year they played East Carolina in Greenville, second year in a row. Last year they were all over that quarterback. He didn't have a chance to breathe, all right? Same guy, the left-hander. He didn't have a chance to breathe for one second last year. They were pouring in on him. You know what? This, This year, he had a great running game. He's sitting in a rocking chair back there. He didn't have one worry in the world. Well, you're gonna, teams, pro- teams are going to get better. Other teams are going to regress. And I think you touched on the fact without – well, that's the hardest thing to find out there are quality pass rushers. That changes everything. Okay, sure, you, you can, can rush pressure, four, drop seven. You can you 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 can back up a deep. Make sure you can get there quickly. It it gives you the ability to play man. It gives you yeah. you know so many things that you can now do. That is, yeah. you know, that is a game changing quality for teams. You're getting off the field on third down and putting your offense back out there. So, right. did you hear what Ed Ogeron said this week? And I and I have as you're transitioning to LSU, but go ahead. Right, right. Did you hear one of the things he said this week? And I I didn't go back and look at the at the at the game. Uh, play by play. I looked at some of it, but not all of it. On occasion, Auburn was rushing two and dropping nine. Rushing two and, and it dropping. Worked and it worked. To perfection after LSU yeah. had a big start. Right. Rushing two and dropping nine because they know they're not running the ball. You know what? That's that's unbelievable. I mean, you know, when that happens. And look, you could see, you know, I'm, I'm in Baton Rouge last, last week, and you could see Auburn out there and early downs with six defensive backs. And that makes it really tough for the quarterback because he's throwing in tight windows the entire game. And, you know, like I said, you get to the five and you get to the eight. And I've seen a, I've seen a million Auburn teams over the years. You know, what that, that team, I've been to Auburn uh, many, many times, enjoy it there, uh, seen the, all the games in Baton Rouge that they played over the last 25, 30 years. That was a very average Auburn team. You know, the, the, the Tank Bigsby, who's a great running back, was really kind of like a, an ancillary piece in this game. That You know, the quarterback made a bunch of plays, but that is not a great Auburn team. That is a very average Auburn team. And LSU, when they get to the five-yard line, they ought to be able to punch it in on them. Derek Brown is not playing defense at Auburn anymore. No, it's, and, and look, it's, 
that's a choice in my mind. You've got to want to run the football. And uh-huh. that's, well, you know, you can't just give up on it because that changes well, LSU, everything. LSU ran the ball in 2019. They ran the ball extremely well in 2019. Well, a lot of that, that, a lot of that was based on you know formations as well. You you spread people out. It's, uh-huh. Look, if you're going to spread people out, that's great. You're, you're up front five. Well, they, you're right. You five. They, you, they, like you they said, they're rushing out. two and they're they're dropping guys out. Five can't block two or three well, or I, whatever I agree. it is. If you yeah. go back and look at the Mississippi State game, Lenny, in the first first half, State's in a three man line. They're they're they're, mm-hmm. they're rushing three, dropping eight. They're in a three-man line. LSU can't move those guys. Right. So finally, in the second half, they make an adjustment. They start they start running counters and they start pulling their guards to try to get some leverage on people and build up ahead of steam and get people blocked because they can't do it honestly up front. That's terrible. It is. Look, their running backs are nothing special. LSU. They're not bad. They're just nothing special. They don't have that difference maker at that position that can make people miss. Clyde Edwards-Alaire made people well, miss. you know what? Can Clyde Edwards-Alaire caught people Kenny, in the hole at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, and he still made people miss. Joe Burrow got pressure like you wouldn't believe and stepped left, stepped right, stepped up, spun around, made guys miss. My point is this. LSU's offensive line was clearly a lot better in 2019. But in my estimation, they weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. They were fairly good to pretty good. Mm -hmm. And the players around them, namely Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, made them look a lot better. Their running backs are good enough to play with, but they're not good enough to make a difference. That's my opinion. Well, I think think Corey Kiner is an excellent back. He's not not big. He's he's on – but I think Corey Kiner is an excellent back. And the one thing that Corey Kiner – uh, you haven't seen a lot from him yet because he hasn't had any room. But he's got the ability to stop and then accelerate quickly. And that's something that a lot of backs, only the top of the top echelon have that. Corey Kiner can do that. Corey Kiner is good enough to win with. you got to give the guy some holes. He can move. Armani Goodwin is good enough. Armani Goodwin is fast. And the problem is Armani Goodwin has had no room. But if you can get them, you can get the edge blocked and get him on the edge. He is extremely fast. And the problem is both of those guys are good running backs stuck behind a terrible offensive line. And and I think 2019, you go back to that, and obviously this is not 2019 anymore, but you look at your base skill players in 2019. You produce four first-round draft picks and a second-round draft pick out of that group of six players. Mm -hmm. Who in this group of skill position players that LSU has right now is going to go in the first two rounds of the draft. Maybe Kayshawn Butte? Yeah. Kayshawn Butte, he's going to be a very I think he will. I wouldn't – look, I think Smith and Thomas have a chance to be really good. Stay tuned because I think they're they're good, and I think they're going to get better. Brian Thomas is very good and – and he's, a, he's an excellent player. Yes, and I think excellent. Smith's good, and, too. And, and Deion Smith is a very good player. I agree. And Both I think of those guys. They're, they're probably ahead uh, at this stage of where Chase and Jefferson yeah, were. No, that's okay. a great, it's a great comparison. I mean, go back and look at but those look, two guys in their freshman year. But look, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's a nice young man. I'm sure he's a nice young man. And, and he's a Tiger, and I know he, he tries hard, and he wants to be a good player. Okay, and I don't want to be critical. Okay? But look at the tight end they had in 2019. Tell me what Cole Taylor brings to the table. He's just big. That's all. He's all big. right, but he doesn't that's block. It. Well, no, he doesn't block, and he's not. He can't run, and, 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 and he, he doesn't run that well. And, so. and my my point is, is that they lost is, their tight end. Gilbert yeah. was their guy. Eric Gilbert was their guy. And they and got they, Johnson coming in next year, but they get caught in between. They got caught. And you in can't between. blame them with Gilbert 
I mean, that was a young man that, yeah, that, that went off the rails. Some issues. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But, again, you know, Cole Taylor is a guy is you, you would – if he's not a great receiver, the one thing you'd want him to be is a really good blocker at that position. He has not Doesn't been. accomplish on either end. Yeah, he's not been. Second hour begins in a moment. More in LSU. We'll touch on the Saints 260-1061. Back in just a moment on the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Like many people, my taxes confuse me so much this year, I totally screwed them up and ended up owing the IRS a ton of money. Little did I know, messing up so bad was going to make me owe nearly $21,000. I didn't know what to do, but then I found easy tax relief. Man, did they save my life. The IRS thought I had enough assets with my retirement account to pay down the balance, but easy tax relief negotiated with the IRS and got my balance down to $100. Having the IRS breathing down your neck is no joke. The experts at EasyTaxRelief.com know what they're doing and can help you like they help me. They can even fix some of the biggest tax issues and will give you the most confidence when you call for a free consultation. They got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and they'll give you $200 off the services they offer when you give them a call today. Easy Tax Relief is here to help. Give them a call. 800-575-2063. That's 800-575-2063. Or head to EasyTaxRelief.com. Conventional wisdom said we couldn't make a 400-horsepower sedan that's also a plug-in hybrid. At Volvo, we don't follow conventional wisdom. The all-new Volvo S60. Learn more at volvocars.com forward slash US. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com today. As life gets back to normal here, Diamonds Direct is doing our part with a special offer that's guaranteed to make celebrating those important moments easier and more affordable than ever. You can make any purchase at Diamonds Direct now and spread your payments over five years with zero interest. And everything's included. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands. Plus, every sale at Diamonds Direct will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. Buy now, spread your payments over five years, and give back at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. Hi, this is NOLA Food Goddess Lauren Godin with Alamanute, your 60-second bite and sip of everything delicious across Metro New Orleans. This week, on a hot tip, I headed to a food truck in the lot on Earhart across from the Home Depot called Viva Las Vegan. Two native New Orleanians, Chef Filio and his wife Miriam, have been cooking old-school Creole food when their doctor recommended they consider going meat-free. After some research, they started developing their own vegan recipes and the result is fantastic. Burgers, nachos, salads, biscuits, specials, homemade drinks and desserts, y'all everything is out of this world and all plant-based. Want a burger salad? Ask to skinny it up. An impossible burger crumbled on soft leafy greens topped with grilled onions, avocado, pickles, tomatoes, jalapenos, and the spicy buffalo sauce. Amazing. Don't sleep on the biscuits or any of their creations. I can't wait to go back. Walk up or use easy online ordering from the Viva Las Vegan socials. Eating plant-based and loving it? I'm Lauren Godan for Cumulus New Orleans. Let's eat. Anytime, anywhere. Smartphone, tune-in radio app. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504-260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. 
That's us. Lenny Van Gilder with us for another segment from CrescentCitySports.com. Talking Tulane and LSU. We've just done that. We hit on Nichols Southeastern extensively earlier. We'll get into the Saints and Pelicans coming up shortly. 260-1061 is the number to call to join us. All right, bottom line, Ed, is, is LSU going to win this game or lose this game? I, I Again, it's kind of hard to see I, a path with, to winning without, unless without, Kentucky has a letdown. I mean, they beat Florida last week. <laughs> right. That speaks volumes to me. Well, you know, the only thing the only thing Kentucky's got to do is, look, just squeeze the field and, and – Make them run the ball. Make them run the ball. I mean, that's what they've got to do. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see LSU win this game, but on the road without a running game, to me, that's not a really good uh, – um, I picked LSU in this game with the points because I think it'll be close because I don't know how good Kentucky's offense is. Well, their defense is exceptional. Their offense is, is moderate or, right. you know, or average right. at best. Right, so, 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 what, so what, what I'm telling you is that – Lower scoring? If, you know, a lower scoring game, and you got to like LSU's uh, kicking game. I think their kicking very game is, is very good. Cade York's an NFL uh, kicker. Can it, Cade York's a guy right now. I mean – I wish Cade York was kicking for the Saints. Yeah, we j- joked about that on Twitter you know, last week. Right, and and uh, you know uh, their kicking game is is good. I think that will help them. But they, if if they can if they could find a semblance of a running game, they would have a chance in but this game. How can you possibly feel that they're going to do no, that I, at no, this no, stage? I'm, I'm not, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Di- you know, I'm not disagreeing with yes. you. Yes. Okay. You watch the game. So do I. Everybody does. That's not a that's not a state secret, all right. That's not something locked in a vault somewhere. That's what it is. But my God. Well, Lenny, Jack Hunt's not playing in this game, so I don't know how LSU can possibly win. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh. Gives us a chance to promo the fact. That's Latest edition that. of the Crescent City Sports Makers podcast, presented by our friends at Southland Plumbing Supply. Devery Henderson visited with Ken, and uh, some interesting stuff. He's look, he's. You know, this is an interesting weekend for him, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, certainly it's LSU Kentucky tonight. You got Saints and Washington tomorrow, Which and that we'll was get into arguably next. that was arguably the most interesting game of that 2009 regular season, at least I, I would think. Over I mean, time. obviously, people are going to remember the blowout against New England, and um, you know, obviously, what happened in the playoffs. But the 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 intrigue of the regular season was certainly that game. You know, up at D.C. with the, you know, the Robert Meacham play. Stole the and, ball. Uh, yeah, stole the ball. And then you had the missed field goal mm-hmm. uh, late that would have put it away. Yeah, a, a lot of things. So, um, that's it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting weekend from, from that front. And, uh, look, Devery's Louisiana through and through, right? Opelousas to LSU to the Saints. And, um, you know. Good to good to have him. You know, hope. Uh, hey, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the you know subscribe to the podcast. You can get a lot of great content. All of these shows as well. Uh, you know, so go to your favorite uh, podcast provider and and just search out Crescent City Sports, and there you go. Well, I mentioned last night on the on the original, we had Marcus Randall on after Woodlawn won its game last night over Dutchtown, and we had Marcus on talking about his team and had to bring it up. And, of course, he said, man, there isn't a day goes by. He said, I own it. I don't have any problem talking about it. It's fun to this day. Some people get tired of it. Some people are like, come on, man, my life and my career were more than that. But he, he was happy to talk about it. So, yeah. so it's great to talk to Marcus. Yeah, LSU had a great – I don't know if LSU's piece that they had online, uh, visited with uh, – with Jacob Hester, and that, something I had not seen before, and apparently Jacob Hester had never seen it either, they showed the end zone copy of the play hmm. uh, from the coach's film. 
and it's interesting just to watch this play unfold because you see everything a little bit more from the end zone than you do from a, from a pan shot uh, on the sideline. And, no, it's just, you know, I tell you what, kudos to Devery Henderson on that play because he, you know, it would have been real easy just to, you know, just go through the motions on a play like that when you're backed up deep in your own end, you know, and his hustle on that play is uh-huh. what made that work. Guy Morris got a, a Gatorade bath. He right? did. He did. <laughs> and look, I'm an old, you know, look. And then he got the Ziggy not too long after you know, that. And I, I, look, I've done a, one of the things I remember, I've done a lot of TV production in my day. And if you're watching the game, on, you know, it was one of those old Jefferson Pilot specials in the morning, right? Yep, it was. They put the wrong final score up right away. They, had, they already had the, the score set as a final with Kentucky winning. <laughs> it didn't change it. After the touchdown, so you know. The, but they didn't have Jack Hunt on the screen. No, they did not. Okay. Oh no, my goodness. Just take it. And look, I, we can say that now because I have enormous respect for Jim Hawthorne. He's a great announcer and a really good guy, and a, a Hall of Fame type of career. It happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it happened on that day, but that's another story uh, for another day. So we'll see. LSU's going to have to raise the level of its play if it wants to win this game. Now, you mentioned the Saints in Washington. All right. So I'll ask you both. Before we talk about the game and get to your calls, because we'll have a call or two, 260-1061 is the number to call. No disrespect, but what's taking so long to come up with a name? Second year now, the Washington football team. Is it that hard to come up with a name? Well, I I know this. When you want to try to do anything that messes with a brand in the NFL, it takes a long time. Like if the Saints, let's say the Saints all of a sudden, they've been very – conservative in their approach about things. We haven't seen – when's the last time we saw a uniform change here? Legitimately, and I'm talking about black pants. I'm talking about legitimately a uniform change. What, the 90s, I guess? You know, the, the Ditka era? These are basically, yep. you know, maybe you took the, you know, the state of Louisiana patch off or you put some, you know, went to something else. I'm talking about basic change. It's been the 90s. Uh, it takes over a year to get that through in the NFL process. They have all the licensing and everything else. So – Believe me, this thing's probably been in the works, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight when you've got the NFL involved. Your Jay again? Uh, I'm a little surprised it's taken that long. You know, I, I think uh, they're uh, they're trying to find whatever name that that is, and um, I don't know. And especially in these times, you got to be very careful about what you name anything. Well, you're dealing with it with the Cleveland Indians right now, but they've already made their choice. What 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 is their new what is their new uh, <laughs> Tell them, Lenny. The Guardians. The, the Guardians, Guardians, man. Yeah. The Guardians. Guardians I, I, of the Galaxy, man. I don't know. I would rather whatever. I would rather be the Cleveland baseball team than than to be the The Guardians, Guardians huh? The Guardians. When I heard that I was like, okay, is there is there some kind of underlying Cleveland connection there? Explain that to me. I, I really No, it'd be like, you know, changing the name of the Washington Redskins would be like changing the name of the New Orleans Saints. Where do you go from there? There's only one place to go but down. Not. I mean, you know, I mean, it'd be like, all right, there's no more New York Yankees anymore. What do you call them? I mean, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if any nickname is sufficient. And the, the Washington Redskins, you know, whether you agree with it or not, that has been a, a signature name in the NFL for a long, long time. And – I don't know. Maybe they're having a hard time trying to figure it out. I'm not really sure. I don't know. We've had capitals. We've had senators. What about the Washington Pentagon? I don't know. You know, 
Like, for instance, it was the, the Washington Bullets, and because of uh, the, the obvi obvious inference to uh, gun violence, that um, it, it, it's changed. And I, I don't know if I've ever gotten, uh, gotten right on the Wizards. You know, I, I, it's still mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. you know, but I'm, but, I, but I'm an old school guy. I remember Earl Monroe and Wes Unseld. So, yeah. so that, that's, that, that's what made, to me, the, uh, that franchise uh, so good. I don't know. I don't know what the what the answer is. I know one thing. Uh, they're all right. They're, they're football team. Let's yeah, transition into I, that. Two six zero one zero six one. We'll get your calls in a moment. I think their quarterback is on his sixth team. Heineke. Yeah, I think he's been with six different organizations. I'm not saying he's played an NFL regular season mm -hmm. game for all six because he hasn't. But I think he's on his he's on his sixth team. So, um, but you know what? The guy's played pretty well. You got to give him credit. He has in the playoff game against Tampa Bay. Not only did he throw for 300 yards, but he was their leading rusher. They had a chance in that game. They had a chance in that game because of him. He played yep. very well. They've got pretty good receivers on that team. McLaurin's good, and McKissick is really. That's good. right. Their receivers are good. Their quarterbacks right. played pretty well. But what's amazing about that team is how bad its defense has been. They're 29th in the NFL, and they're horrendous against the pass. Which leads me to this: Is this the week that? Jameis Winston throws the ball 30 times for the first time or more because that hasn't well, come close to happening yet. We keep hearing that it's it's all about the matchups. The one thing I would say is, is the Saints wide receiver core good enough to stress the defense? Well, I'm sure the coach feels that they're not and that the quarterback has to be kept under wraps to a degree or they wouldn't have done what they've done to this point. Yeah. I think it's a team that hasn't found its identity yet. I think it's a team that's trying to figure out exactly who they want to be. They are running the ball a lot more, as we have talked about for months and suggested all during the offseason that they would do. And to some degree it has worked, but you have to have the presence of the pass to hurt people with. And, and you know, and where Jameis Winston is concerned, Lenny, he threw two long balls last week that were beautiful. One for a touchdown, one for a touchdown. It was called back. And so it's not like they haven't tried things. Right. But the, when you look at the numerals, when you look at the uh -huh. statistics, I mean, they're not throwing the ball that much, Lenny. No, they're not. And I, and I would say this, and apologies in advance for trying to sound a little bit like Sean Payton here. Every game is its own game, okay? Green Bay, you jumped out to a huge lead in a hurry. So no. what happens? Now you're particularly Run you're running the football, okay? Week two, Carolina, they never saw the football. They were three and out so yeah. many times. What I think the time possession was like 40-20 in that game, basically, yeah. around, so, right around that. So, so they, they, I think they ran like maybe 43 plays from scrimmage in the Carolina so game. So, Lenny, how do you lose a game when you run for 170 yards and you have the ball for 37 minutes? That's a great question because I, went happen, I, was looking back, I was looking back at, at Alvin Kamara particularly, and – of course, when the comeback started happening with the Giants, I stopped short of putting this one out on Twitter. But I think, at least in the regular season, this is the first time they've lost a game when Alvin Kamara's run for at least 80 yards. Now, they lost the playoff game last year to Tampa, and I believe he had 99 or 95, somewhere in there. But this is the first time in the regular season Kamara's had at least 80 yards rushing, and they've lost the game. So that's usually a, a pretty good formula. Now, how do you explain that he had zero touches in the passing game I have no idea how that happened. But, again, to finish my point, every one of these games is different. Obviously, they got out in front against New England, running the football after that. All right? It played much of the game from in front against the Giants. Obviously, the Giants' comeback was late. So, you, you had, you know, every game is different. I think if you get in a normal game where it's competitive and the point spread suggests that 
This one could be competitive. If you can keep the ball for 60, 70 snaps in the mm-hmm. course of a game, then, yeah, I think they will throw the ball. I think they do want to be 50-50. Uh, or somewhere, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Are they going to be, you right. know, are they going to throw it 50 times? No. All right. So okay. what about Kamara's pitch count? Are you concerned about that? Yeah, well, that, was, that was the most he's ever carried the football. Well, he, yeah, he's, no, he's run, but they're not, look, they're not getting it to him otherwise. And I understand, and, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't who's, your, concern who's you? your backup? And obviously, I understand Jones, that. Both Jones that. being hurt now, would, you know, do you, trust, do you trust your backup enough uh, to help? do that. And I think some of that Well, they lined be, up Montgomery there a few times last week. They did week, line so. up. Yep, they lined up Montgomery. I think with a whole week now, do you do some more with Taysom Hill back there? And I think we saw more and more the first time last week that maybe they're getting comfortable of getting Taysom back into that yeah, role. that hybrid role. Correct. Um, well, there's this. If they trusted Dwayne Washington, he would have already had this opportunity in previous years. He hasn't. In their mind, he's strictly a guy that lines up and runs the football, not a guy that can pass, protect, or be involved in the passing game. If that was the case, he'd be in there, and he would have been in there before Jones, but he wasn't. So it's clear that that's not the answer, so I think you're right. We'll probably see more of Hill, probably see more of Montgomery and trying to give Kamara some relief. 260-1061 to join us. Kurt's in New Orleans. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgaters Show. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Fine. Uh, one there. one one name, Ed. I know I know Ed loves this name, Latavius Murray, man. Oh, <laughs> lead, you know what? Well, lead back. Look, look, they 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 put Tyson Williams. They scratched him from the game last week, and he's now he's there pretty much their lead back with uh with, with Freeman, <laughs> with Freeman behind him. So yeah, you know oh, it's it just shows you you got to have running backs. Yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate Tony got hurt, man. But uh, boy, could we use Latavius now? And then I look at you know I guess it's my aggravation call. You know, then you then you look at Emmanuel Sanders, man. I'm just looking at, I'm just reading up on him all week. You know, you know, off and all my my, my research and uh-huh. what he's providing for the for the Bills. You know, they don't they don't only have an well. alpha number one with Diggs, but you've got Beasley, like a West Walker Junior. I'd love to have a Beasley on our team, but that, sure. then, you, then they go at Emmanuel and what he offers to Josh Allen and them, and it just kills me. <laughs> it kills me how long we waited for number two. Right. And, and, and you know, look, go, you, Kurt, you bring up a good point. And look, there's at some point, if you don't have certain guys, it catches up with you. For instance, yeah. you yeah. can't tell me. And look, this is the salary cap, okay? I'm not blaming oh, yeah. the organization. But if you yeah. last week, last week, if Janoris Jenkins is on the field and Paulson Adebo yeah. is not, or Paulson Adebo is in a re- reduced role, all right? Right. Then, right. then. You know, Janoris Jenkins probably makes right. that tackle and doesn't go for the ball on that play that set up the field goal. All right? He probably yeah. makes the tackle. Yeah. But the thing that I don't understand is, and, and you know, somebody's got to explain it to me. You traded for Bradley Roby. And he's here three, four weeks now. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. Adebo gets 100% of the snaps and Roby gets 32%. Got to explain that. Play a nickel. They got to play a right. nickel. He's, he's, he's Somebody's, but but how can a guy that you gave up a third round pick and a conditional pick the year after, all right, yeah. be on the yeah. field one third of the time more than a rookie who they're going after, hook line and sinker every chance. Yeah, man. Somebody explain then, that then, to then, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, 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 let's see if it changes back. tomorrow. I have a feeling it might. Yeah, Texans start and corner. We trade for him. And, uh, you know, I've seen Gilmore out there. I know Gilmore wasn't coming here. I'm like, man, we could – you know, there was a guy called Revis who I was begging for them to just – Revis Island. Point between, you know, between Tampa and, and New England, at some point, grab Revis, man. He was our answer at that time. 
and we couldn't get him. And then, um, you know, the, the, uh, the Panthers always go grab the hot, um, you know, corners out there. You know, a, a guy that, that a friend of mine went to the game last week, and, and he kind of brought up what y'all brought up, obviously. You know, you know, and I think the third tailgater's point about every game in and of itself was a great idea, too. But, but, they, but he was like, everybody at the game, turn him loose. You know, turn him loose. I'd rather lose the game with him throwing up. You know, that, that's why he won the job. He won the job because he's got the arm. He's got the distance, you know. You know, let's lose trying to win, you know, uh, throwing it down the field. But, uh, you know, a couple, you know, one or two passes downfield is not going to get it, especially when Hill comes in and throws one. You know, and I think that was the consensus of a few people I talked to. But yeah, what's he you know, throwing the deep ball for there? Can somebody explain that to me? And who who you throwing it to? Like you, like you brought up who, well, five know, foot but, six you know, receiver. But 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 who's what? What's he doing in that situation when it's clearly not a strength? I'm just asking. Yeah. I I just yeah, think, look. Yeah. Sean Payton is an excellent coach. Okay, I just think he had a bad day at the office last week. And, and, he'll, and if you and don't he'll consistently underthrows the deep ball, right? And if you don't, if you don't. It, with the thing that that, blot, that that blows me away is you're concerned about making a field goal, so you go for it on fourth and three. Well, why don't you sign a kicker who can make that field goal? If you're concerned about Roses, why is he still on the roster? That's my it question. Took us yeah, so they, double, they double, double jeopardy because they, they don't go for it from 40-plus, and they go for it for 58, yeah. and in both instances it failed miserably. But let's not forget the fact that this defense failed miserably and gave up unbelievable big plays and gave up a career high to Daniel Jones throwing the football, who, by the way, was without his two top receivers. So against a mediocre to, to not good football team. So this was a massive failure on the defense's part. And, yes, the I offense did so, didn't man. put it away when they could have. And, yes, you could question the third down call up 21-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter and running the predictable power right with Taysom Hill. There's a perfect instance of where you didn't trust the quarterback to make a play uh, to convert because if they convert right there, they win the game. They're going to take at least two to three more minutes off the clock, and who knows? They might go get a field goal at that point, if not more. But they didn't convert. They kicked it, and what happened? I mean, they scored right away, and that changed the game. So anyway, lost a game they couldn't afford to lose. They did. Now they're going to have to win a game somewhere along the lines that they're not supposed to win. So this I is just, a big game tomorrow. I they go to two and three before up. the bye. They're in trouble. Yeah, I, I just mean, hope they. I hope they can keep up with McLaurin. I know McLaurin's a. Hear you. He'll burn you. You know. He'll, yeah, he'll let's see you. if Roby's out there because uh, no disrespect to Adebo. <laughs> I think Adebo's a promising McLaurin. rookie, but everyone McLaurin. is going after him. Everyone. Yep. Thank you, Kurt. Thank Appreciate the call, Thank buddy. You. Okay, All buddy. right. You got it. Two six zero one zero six one. A brief thought following up on that, Lenny. I mean, again, you're talking about. You're asking a lot of a rookie to be out there 100% of the snaps, and everyone, and I mean everyone, is targeting him. Yeah, and, and it's again, I think the young player has promise, but you're asking a lot. Well, I think some guys are obviously suited to play more on the outside as opposed to playing nickel or dime or a, a hybrid position back there, whatever the case may be. And I think that's part of it, uh, you know, in some cases. Is Adebo more suited to playing on the outside maybe than Roby is who might be better in nickel or in, you know, in dime or something like that. Now the question becomes, why did you do what you did? Why did you go make the trade? Uh, I would think by the time you made the move, you knew what you had in the house. You knew what you had with Adebo and, you know, what, what exactly did you need at that position? So that, that's the concerning part to me. Why did you if, – if you knew what you had there – and maybe you didn't. Maybe you found out quickly against Green Bay. Debo was terrific against Green Bay. So, you know, again, you, you continue to evaluate as you go along. I, 
you know, what, what, what was it that uh, our friend Jim Moore used to say about pass rush? You don't, you know, don't know, and you, you never, never will. will. You know, I don't, do, I don't can, claim, I don't do claim, the, I don't claim do the know, impression. I don't claim to know the nuances of the secondary and how you want to line. Come up. on, Ed. What's that, Mora? You don't know. You know. You think you know, but you just don't know, and you never will. I was Good. Like, Good. When did you get in? I was like, you know what, Jim? Say whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> Go for it. He did. Here's the one thing about um, Jim Mora that that was something you always had to do as a TV person. You have to go to every press conference. Got to. Was must see. Well, well, and I, it was look, also it was also back I, in the day pre pre right. internet and things. Yeah. Right, but also also look, we had that rule in in the sports department at Channel 26 at the time, and this was 1997. And I told Kenny this. We were doing the uh, the show before the Super Bowl, and I told Kenny, I have told our guys already, all right, that every time there is a media availability for Mike Ditka, you, we must be there because you have no idea what he's going to say. Yeah, Ben and I were on the air at the yeah. convention center, and we broke the story about Ditka becoming the new head coach of the Saints, and we did break it. And also, yeah. we both immediately reacted, saying it was not a good hire, yeah. and and it was philosophical. It wasn't personal at all. No. And we got blasted pretty heavily by the minions uh, and the supporters of the football team. But, you know, we're asked to try to be journalists and to be analytical and fair-minded, yeah. and we stated the reasons why. Unfortunately, we both turned out to be accurate because here's the thing about Ditka. I think Ed agrees with me. My perception of Ditka out of Chicago was twofold. He was over the hill and that he was a bully and was a guy that was not looking forward to having here, didn't like him. Nothing could be further from the truth from the time he spent in New Orleans. Generous man. He was an incredibly nice, kind, generous, generous man, man yep. who you ended Terrific. up pulling for yep. in a, in a big Mike. way because he was a good man and he was honest yep. to a fault. And on a personal level, I'll never forget before we get to break, I was asked to speak at their chapel on the road, which no media person had ever been asked to do. And I said, are you sure you want me to do this? They said, absolutely. We'd love for you to do this. And so I did, San Francisco road game. And so I just, I couldn't resist. He's sitting in the front row. He's got the cigar hanging out of his mouth. And I couldn't resist because there would have been a little bit of tension because players are looking at a media guy up here about to speak to them at chapel. So I just started off by poking holes in him and making jokes for like three to five minutes. And I told the story about you and I breaking the story and about how we both immediately said this was not a good hire and it's not going to work. And, uh, and unfortunately, it's looking more and more like we were accurate in that assessment on that day. Too bad. And he looked at me and the players started laughing. It, it broke, the, it broke the, the uneasiness, but I did it purposely. And then he's sitting there with a cigar in his mouth, and he, he, he looks at me, he shakes his head, and looking at me and giving me a little wry smile. And then when I finished, he made jokes about me, and he told, he told me that, uh, you know, yeah, so you might turn out to be right, but I'm always going to have made a whole lot more money than you did. So anyway, it was pretty funny. We had a and great time And you know what? What a, what a generous, unbelievably generous man to a fault. Kind. Just okay? kind. And, and, and that's a part of, of it that people – won't ever know about about Mike Ditka. We'll we'll, ne we'll never know. I mean, just we'll never. And look, I remember one day I was at church, and 
I saw Joe Abramowitz and his lovely bride. And Joe reminds, gives me a hard time about this years later. Joe walked up to me like in 97. He said, do you think Danny has a chance? And of course, Danny was offensive coordinator. And I said, no, Joe. And I said, I'm just being honest with you. I said, that Danny doesn't have a quarterback. All right? Hard to win in this league without a quarterback. And he never had one. And one year they started four of them, right? Was it 98 or 99? I think it was 99. It was uh, Hobart who got hurt. Then it was Tolliver and that Jake. Your, that was the year Jake started the last and two Werfel. games. Yeah. And Werfel, yeah. And Werfel. You got four different starting quarterbacks. You mm -hmm. just, you're out there searching. I, you know, it was just – and then trading the whole draft for Ricky – you know, I mean, that was just, you know. Oh, I mean, it was just a, it was a, just a pool, right? And it, look, it started off with Heath Schuler, uh, you know, when he first got here. Heath Schuler. You went through both Billy Joel's. You went through yeah. Danny. You went through Jake, Doug Nussmeyer. Doug I mean, was there, yeah. Go on and on. I mean, it's <laughs> and no disrespect to any of those guys, yeah. but those are not the kind of guys you're going to yeah. win with consistently in the NFL. Right now, and look, seen, and look, and yeah. you look at what the Saints did. The, when Randy Mueller gets here, the first thing they do, the first day of free agency, Jeff Blake. they Jeff sign Blake. Jeff Blake. Well, what was interesting then they to trade me is, for Aaron Brooks. Yeah, what was interesting to me is I think Ditko went through six starting quarterbacks in three years. Yeah. And I think it took maybe 20 years for the Saints to go through six more starting quarterbacks. That's pretty good. Sound like a story to me. No, I think we did it. At one, it was it was a stat right. at one point in there. Whatever. You know, every time every time somebody started anew, we, we updated yeah, that just, list of, of starting quarterbacks. Golly, it was just it was just so um, it was just so um, it was so frustrating. And one of the things I remember in '99, that was the year that Florida State played Virginia Tech, Mike Vick in yeah. the in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And and I told our guys, I said, look, at the end of the year, Ditka's going to get fired. We have to have a piece ready about his career. Mm -hmm. So we got together, and we were. It was early December, it was three, four weeks ahead of time. We were putting together this story, and it was like four minutes long. And I said, look, that that's how inevitable you knew it was going to be because it wasn't going to work out, and he wasn't going to stay past the third year. Yeah. But the you know, but the, getting back to Mike, the thing about Ditka was this. He would never tell you this because he, he, he had this persona, all right? But he was unbelievably generous to the people in the building. Absolutely. If you were in need and Mike Ditka found out about it, he was going to take care of you. And there was, there was one individual in particular, I'm not going to get into details, mm -hmm. that was going through a difficult time, a divorce and some other things that were happening in their life. And this person needed money and needed an automobile. And Mike Ditka took care of both. Yep. Wow. Cash. Good right? A, a car and 10000 bucks. All right? How many people do you know would do that? And to me, that's the, that's the thing about Mike Ditka that people will never understand what a generous individual he was. More on the Saints. We'll touch on the Pelicans. Of course, we'll touch on JT Curtis, too. 260-1061. Don, you're up next when we return. Following this brief time, our three tailgaters show, 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at NashFM1061.com. As life gets back to normal here, Diamonds Direct is doing our part with a special offer that's guaranteed to make celebrating those important moments easier and more affordable than ever. You can make any purchase at Diamonds Direct now and spread your payments over five years with zero interest. And everything's included. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands. Plus, every sale at Diamonds Direct will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. Buy now, spread your payments over five years, and give back at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. 
Hi, this is NOLA food goddess Lauren Godin with Ala Minute, your 60-second bite and sip of everything delicious across Metro New Orleans. This week, on a hot tip, I headed to a food truck in the lot on Earhart across from the Home Depot called Viva Las Vegan. Two native New Orleanians, Chef Filio and his wife Miriam, have been cooking old-school Creole food when their doctor recommended they consider going meat-free. After some research, they started developing their own vegan recipes, and the result is fantastic. Burgers, nachos, salads, biscuits, specials, homemade drinks and desserts, y'all, everything is out of this world and all plant-based. Want a burger salad? Ask to skinny it up. An impossible burger crumbled on soft leafy greens topped with grilled onions, avocado, pickles, tomatoes, jalapenos, and the spicy buffalo sauce. Amazing. Don't sleep on the biscuits or any of their creations. I can't wait to go back. Walk up or use easy online ordering from the Viva Las Vegan socials. Eating plant-based and loving it? I'm Lauren Godan for Cumulus New Orleans. Let's eat. Top service. Locally owned. Outstanding deals. Conveniently located. Professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed Three Tailgaters Show continues. Thanks to Lenny for stopping by as well. Back to your calls. Again, it's 504 260 1061 Don is in Lakeview. Hey, Don, thanks for your patience, and welcome to the Three Tailgaters Show. Hey, guys, how you doing this morning? Doing fine, Don. Good. Listen, I got two things. One, I wish I could get this station on my on the radio. I have a little transistor, but I never pick up this station to listen to the, you know, the, to the Friday night uh, football uh, results and updates and everything. Um, Anyway, but I don't know what can be done with regard to that. Maybe i got to get another radio. Yeah, I mean, but it's a very, other, very, very long, a very good long signal, strong yeah. signal that extends way into Mississippi in every direction. So that's that's Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah. I scan it and scan okay. it, and I just can't pick it up. But anyway, Understood. Okay. listen, you all were talking about Tulane. If I'm going to harken back to that, sure. you know, you were talking about uh-huh. their commitment. You know when it told me that they were not committed when Bowden left, Rodriguez was in there with the jacket on, I mean, ready to go, ready to be named coach. Sandy Barbar steps up and goes with Chris Selfo. Oh, and that, was a call by that Scott guy Cowley. had they that guy had no relationships with any of the high school coaches. At that time I was working as a trainer with um, East Jefferson, you know, going back then and I can remember uh-huh. Coach Rando. He just made that when that guy was coming to the locker room. But anyway, well, told you me know, Coach Are you talking about Henry? Henry? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yes. here's the thing. Here's the thing about um, the the current situation. All right, let's let, let's be fair. Their athletic budget has increased increased tremendously under the the current administration. It was it was it was I, I think extremely low under the previous administration. So it has increased. They've made a, more of a commitment. All right. But if the other teams that you compete against, you know, and everybody's lamenting the fact that they they weren't picked up in the conference expansion and, um, 
you know, and that's going to really hurt the American Houston, Central Florida, and Cincinnati leaving for the Big 12. That's going to hurt them tremendously. Right. But, well, you know, look, you you got you to gotta put yourself in a position to be able to do that. And, you know, there, there's no secret. If you, don't have, if you don't have the best plan to get the best players, you're not going to get them. All right? And to right. me, it, it was about that. It wasn't about building a stadium on campus, which has done nothing for the program, in my opinion. Nothing. I'd much rather see an indoor facility built there that would really help the program and, you know, do everything you can for the athletes and still play at the Superdome. The stadium's not the problem. Whatever, whatever is going on that's preventing you from doing what you want to do, or maybe you just don't want to do it, it's one of those two. Right, right. And I think but, – but, yeah, but the funding, I, my point is, Don, the funding, the, to, be, to be honest and fair, the funding for the program has improved, right? And that's, that's under the current administration of uh, Fitz and the athletic director, Troy Dannon. They have more money to work yeah. with than, than Rick Dixon had to work with when he was the AD at Tulane. And I'm not making excuses for Rick Dixon. You know, and a lot of people have told me, well, you've been incredibly critical of Rick Dixon. No, I have not. Okay? I've been incredibly critical of Scott Cowan. Okay? Because I, I thought Scott Cowan was a guy who painted himself green but was behind the scenes doing everything he could to make sure that the athletic department did not succeed. And it was a Scott Cowan issue. Well, going back to the Rodriguez, and it's no, no Scott knock on – Scott Cowan made that not, call. Not, no knock on Chris Selfo at all. He did a yeah. commendable job at Tulane and, and is a good football coach. But they had a guy who was dynamic in the building. It would have been a continuation. And Rich Rodriguez, I was there at the time, and Rich Rodriguez would not, could not answer the question, where are you going to be in three to five years? He was honest. He did not answer it because he couldn't possibly tell them I'll be here in three to five years. But to me, it's always been about hire the best guy. Don't worry about where they're going to be in five years. I've always felt that way about that situation. And with Rich Rodriguez, yeah, they had a chance to do something on a continuous basis. But Ed remembers this, too, at the press conference. Scott Cowan uttered the famous phrase, you know, about Winnebago's on Wednesday. Remember? Well, that's, that's, that's that's the title of Cowan's book. He said he talked to Bobby uh, to to, uh, Tommy Bowden, and Tommy Bowden said, "I wanted to go somewhere where there's Winnebago's on, on Wednesdays. Wednesdays." Right, and and and, and, and that blew Cowan's mind. He wrote yep. a book about it. Exactly. I, you know, so, it, it's it, yeah. and to me, the illustration's clear: commitment versus non-commitment. A, a school that wanted to win in football, a school that wasn't as committed to doing it. So that was there. But that's right; it was Cowan's hire. With all due respect to Sandy Barber, so. And uh, Rich Rodriguez was in the office that day, and he was uh, just crushed, very, very disappointed. Right. Brought his sports coat there, yeah. thought he was getting the job. He didn't get it. But, again, uh, the decisions that are made. Yeah. Winnebago's on Wednesday. Yep. It, <laughs> it's, that's it. What's, well, what's funny about it is it's, it's, it's the kind of the title of Collins' book mm-hmm. as he rails on college athletics. And, look, if you don't – you, you know, and he wanted to be Division three. All right. He wanted to be Division Three. Yeah. You know, he wanted to be Division Three. So, you know, whatever. I mean it's it's all it's it's all the past history, but now everybody everybody oh the coach is terrible. He's done a terrible job. Uh we gotta we gotta look at making a change and I'm like, here we go again. All right, here we go again. Instead of addressing the issue, all right. First of all, do you wanna win, number one? 
Okay. Second of all, if you aren't winning, why aren't you winning on a consistent basis? All right. This is New Orleans, Louisiana, which is a football-crazy, football-fanatical town. Would we agree? Football-fanatical town. All right? Absolutely. You've got the only, the, the only Division I football program in the city of New Orleans, in a football-fanatical place, in a state that produces so many outstanding, not only pro but college football players and high school football players. All right? And you can't get those guys to come to your school, okay? That's your problem. And why is that, okay? And why, what are you doing to address that issue? This is Louisiana. This is South Louisiana. We have great football here. We have incredible passion for it here, all right? But we can't get enough of our guys from New Orleans to rally around the city university and also get enough people to get interested to come to the games. Why is that? I want to know. And you know what? No one can give me an answer. The only thing I hear is, oh, well, we've got to build a new stadium. It's, 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 it's the Superdome's fault. We, we can't play there. The place is cavernous. We're not gonna, we we got to have tailgating. We've got to have the students. You know what? I've got to be honest with you. This, 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 having the students is great, okay? But you know what? The number one thing is having the paying customer. What are you doing to get the paying customer here? Okay? What are you doing? All right? I could care less about the students. Now, wonderful. I hope they come to the games and, en and enjoy themselves and have a great time. But are you worried about that? You're worried about tailgating or are you worried about winning? That's what I want to know. No one can give me the answer to that. Don, appreciate the call. 504-260-1061. We owe you a timeout. Saints, Pelicans, we'll do it. And glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Eddie Ken continuing in just a moment on the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 FM Nash Icon on the web at nashfm1061.com. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Volvo at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has a full stock of fabulous 2021 vehicles with a wide range of the XC series, including the XC40, the XC60, and the XC90. If you are looking for a luxury sedan, see the S60 or S90. Don't forget the XC90 hybrid or rugged V90 cross country from Bergeron Volvo. Visit BergeronVolvoCars.com. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at BergeronVolvo.com today. You're listening to the Cumulus Fish and Game Report. If you're thinking fishing this weekend, think red. I'm Captain CT with this week's Big Fish Report. Now, red snapper season is open. Wind should be light. 
The limit is four red snapper per person. The ports are fantastic for both the main pass area rigs on the east side of the river and the west delta area rigs on the west side. If you see where I'm going with this, then you know where you should be going too. Fishing all over is good now, so whether you choose red snapper or not, get out and go catch your favorite. However, before you go, set your TV's DVR to Saturdays at 5.30 a.m. on WVUE Fox 8 for the big fish. Our fishing show where you can catch hot spots, tackle tips, how-tos, recipes, and a whole lot of fun with me, Captain CT. Have a great weekend. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. As life gets back to normal here, Diamonds Direct is doing our part with a special offer that's guaranteed to make celebrating those important moments easier and more affordable than ever. You can make any purchase at Diamonds Direct now and spread your payments over five years with zero interest. And everything's included. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands. Plus, every sale at Diamonds Direct will benefit Cajun Navy Ground Force and Second Harvest. Buy now, spread your payments over five years, and give back at Diamonds Direct on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. Want to call an audible? Throw a flag? Call a technical? It's all good. Go for it now on a three tailgater show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. Back to your calls. First up, Covington, where Jay awaits us. Hey, Jay, thanks for the call. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, I hear y'all talking about uh, Tulane and and. Never forget the stories, a quick story. And, um, well, we figured, you know, and I, it looked like Sheldon Huston, Dr. Sheldon Huston, was very committed, and in the, uh, the presidents after that were not. But Mac Brown came in as a coach, and I remember Phil Greco saying, uh, you know, if I didn't know it was this man, I wouldn't have taken a job here at Tulane. And I think at the time, they had a, a vote to continue football or drop football and while Mac was a coach. And it failed to they failed to discontinue football by one vote. Uh, if I remember correctly. They well, almost I know, dropped I know football. the one in, in two thousand three, but I I wasn't aware of the other one. Maybe you know Okay. You, you're well, enlightening anyway, me. Um, at the time uh Darryl Raw who was a great coach at Texas in Texas and later was an athletic director, told Mac Brown, he said, Mac, the first school that comes to call and use a going. The only way that Mac uh Darryl could say it to him. And and he left <laughs> a year later went to North Carolina. Uh you, you gotta have commitment. If you're gonna you gotta commit yourself to winning and if you don't you're you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, our, our, I, I remember Greg Davis telling me um, a story. We were we were in his office. I guess it was like the first or second year. He was the head coach, and he 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 grabbed a. Uh, uh, it was after the press conference, and he grabbed a. Um, uh, a flip card, and he said, "Look, I want you to look at this flip card from last week's game." I said, "Okay," and it was Tulane's opponent. And he said, three of their starters told me they were going to come here, but we couldn't get them in school. Hmm. So, you know, look, uh, 
and like I said, I don't know if that's the case now. I, I don't know. But, and, and the funding for athletics has improved, as I've said before. It's gotten a lot better, all right? But, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking at the academic ratings of these schools, and I know this is just one website's report. But if North Carolina, Texas, Ohio State, and Georgia Tech and Penn State can all do it, then why can't Tulane University? I'm just asking. I, you know, look, and I might be just completely uh, out of my tree. And if, if, if you disagree with me, hey, call me up and tell me why. I, I, I just don't know. It's about commitment. And I just want to uh, – I'm going to jump off. I uh, just want to okay, congratulate J.T. Sure. Curtis on his, uh, yeah. on his milestone. Uh, he's a good, yeah. decent man, a great coach, and I'm happy for him. We're going to touch on that in the final segment, but appreciate it, Jay. Great to hear from you. Thank you, my friend. 260-1061 to join us. Kenny is on a cell phone in Metairie. Hey, Kenny, thanks for your patience. Welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Uh, Y'all have hit a hot button issue with me. You made me pull over to the side of the road to call you. There is no (laughs) commitment from Tulane because the people in charge could never really give a damn about New Orleans. It's always about what they, what New Orleans can do for them and what their next step is. There is no reason why Tulane is not out recruiting local not only in football, in everything. There's a friend of mine, his daughter was the, the top volleyball player in the state of Louisiana, and he is a Tulane grad, and a Tulane volleyball coach knew nothing about him. Now, I mean, that's absolutely embarrassing as a Tulane grad for Tulane to not know anything about an alum's daughter who's the top volleyball player in the state. So needless to say, I I mean, I don't have any answers. It's an embarrassment. They want to know why nobody's in the stands. Nobody's in the stands because there's very few people from New Orleans on the team and very few people from the state of Louisiana. Now, I don't have any answers. You're not going to fill that 25,000-seat stadium even if you win 14 games a year because there's nobody here. Nobody cares. You go see the Tigers play because they're almost their whole squad is from Louisiana. Well, I mean, you know, that's changed. That's changed somewhat, Kenny. I, I have to disagree with you a little bit, res- as respectfully as I can. LSU's gotten a little more national. They have, yeah, and, regional and, and national, regional yeah. and national. But, but I get your point. And the deal is, look, uh, when when I go to Baton Rouge and I go to Tiger Stadium, uh, and I thoroughly enjoy going there. When I go there, I know I'm in the state of Louisiana. All right, I, I, I there's there's no. There's no doubt about where I am, all right, and, 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 and who's there and, and why it's important. It's, it's a state of Louisiana thing. There's no doubt about that. Now, look, i got to tell you, a few years ago I was at the Tulane-Tulsa game, and, and it was a great crowd. It was a beautiful fall afternoon. It was fantastic, and it was a great atmosphere at Yulman Stadium. And I'm not saying that it can't be, all right, but I do believe that if you got into a position where you won eight or nine games a year for several years, that you would get people back. But people are frustrated. And you know what? You've, the fan who is on the fence, you've got to give them a reason to come. And, and that's either with an exciting team 
or a team that's playing a great schedule that you can go see. And you've, you've got to have one or both of those things. And you've got to win consistently. You've got to win consistently. And if you do that, people will come out. Look, if LSU goes 3-8 and eight and 3-8 and eight, uh, the next two years, watch the crowds dwindle. They've already gone down. Yep. You know, I looked on LSU's website the other day, Kenny, and you know what they said? Season tickets on sale now. Yep. When they were in their wow. heyday, when they were in the national championship year, you couldn't buy a season ticket. No, pandemics contributed to it a little bit too. Yeah. But what my point is is that you've got to win consistently no matter where you I are. Agree. You got to. Yep. Got to. Agreed. Yep. No, I, I agree, guys. I, I am I am just so frustrated with the Greenies. They just drive me crazy, you know. Why are they not talking to Lambert, Brother Martin? I mean, why are they not talking to Mamahat? You know, you know, I just just year after year after year, kids from from this area just refuse to even consider Tulane. When I see what these kids are looking at, the colleges they're looking at, how does Ohio? Now again, again, I know it's Ohio State, but you mean to tell me Tulane's name is not even in one of the considerations? Yeah, I mean that's just particularly if you're a good student. Right, it's legitimate. Legitimate point, Kenny. Got to got to take a break, but right. thank you. Appreciate you calling in, and and uh, sorry you stopped and got off the road there. Yeah, be careful, I, Kenny. I apologize. Don't drive like Trey <laughs> in whatever you do, Kenny. Stop it. Don't drive like Trey. One zero six one. Brief timeout. Pelicans and JT. When we return in a moment here on one zero six one FM Nash Icon. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report in this region's own E. Exodus chapter 2 tells the story of the children of Israel in Egypt. It said they continued to groan under the burden of their bondage. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. It said God heard their groaning. He remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, and he looked down on the people of Israel, and he knew it was time to act. Well, let me, let me give you some more good news for right now. In the middle of your most difficult times, know this, God has not changed. He still sees, he still hears, he still remembers. This is Michael Green inviting you to join me and Linda this week at LifeGate, 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. We start at 10 o'clock. We will worship and we will speak words of peace, encouragement, and Holy Spirit insight. Follow us on Facebook at LifeGate Church Ministries, or you can follow the messages on YouTube, Michael Green, LifeGate Ministries. But in the meantime, remember this, he sees, he hears, and he remembers. <laughs> That's good news. Don't mind me, just sneaking out to go to Kohl's. The home deals right now, they're too good to pass up. Like up to 40% off Cuddle Dead's bedding, up to 50% off the cutest fall decor, 
and up to 25% off Ninja Kitchen appliances. How can I resist? You can even get 15% off or 15, 20, or 30% off with a Kohl's card. So, yeah, I'm going all in for fall, and I can't even wait. Select styles. Offers end October 17th. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, base is loaded. This is what it's all about. And here's the pitch. Go oh, a deep drive to center. Way back. This could go all the... And now a message from our sponsor. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and round-the-clock protection. Progressive. Uh-oh. I can't believe it. Did that really just happen? Don't you never forget where you were when you heard that call. <laughs> Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Last chance today. Call the Three Tailgaters Show at 260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Pelicans lost their third preseason game 121-85, to a blowout in Chicago last night. The Bulls dominated from start to finish, extending their lead every quarter. Of course, the Pelicans were without Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Jackson Hayes. Once again, they shot just 33% from the field, 20% from three-point range, got beat 58-45 on the boards and committed 18 turnovers. The bright spots, Trey Murphy the third, Najee Marshall. Boy, Murphy's been really good. 17 points, 10 boards, 2 assists in the game. 3 of 7 from 3-point range. All 6 free throws made. Najee Marshall, just a solid player on both ends. He had 16 points, 7 of 11 for the field, 7 rebounds. And he defends Jonas Valanciunas at 14 points. 4 boards, 3 assists. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who had 2 brilliant games, had a bad game last night. 3 of 15 from the field, 7 points in 26 minutes. Devontae Graham continued to struggle. Only two of eight from the field. He hasn't looked real good in this preseason. Lonzo Ball, he looked okay. 19 points, five rebounds, four assists, and he was five of six from three-point range. You think he was ready to play last night? But he's a yo-yo, and he'll be up and down. Bottom line is it's a preseason game. Don't get overly excited or depressed about it. They have to close out their preseason at Utah on Monday. And, Ed, right now it's this is a better roster than they had last year. The problem is these guys being out – it's going to take time for a new coach with new players to mesh and find their identity, not to mention they got to sort through about 14 guys uh, who are contenders for the rotation where you can only play 8 to 10, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think there's any, uh, there's any doubt that uh, there's a lot to sort through and there's a lot of challenges for the coach. Um, I don't know. I guess well, you, know, you want to get your players on the floor first. Right. Well, the first thing you got to do is I, – I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to get a handle on the NBA, especially early in the season. And I think one of the things that's ruined the NBA, frankly, Kenny, is load management. Drives me nuts. Yeah, part of the deal. Is Guys the don't existence. play. Eighty-two oh, game yeah. schedule. They're going to sit out sit out games. Yeah. I got it. So, all good. We got about two and a half minutes left. JT Curtis won his six hundredth game last night. He just called me during the break, by the way, and he's been busy all morning. But we're going to have a nice story up about it, a uh, personal story at CrescentCitySports.com. Uh, he was humble. Didn't want to talk during the week about it. He was humble on your show last night. Uh, the accomplishment cannot be understated. It's incredible uh, to consider what he has done in the period of time he's done it. Because if you look at what Coach McKissick did and how long it took him in, what, 63 years? 63 years, got, yeah. It, it's unbelievable to see what Coach Curtis has done. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, uh, you know, he's lost some games along the way due, due to the pandemic. Right. And, of course, this year with hurricane. the hurricane and everything. So pretty interesting. And, um uh, you know, um, if I, he wins out this year, 
and has an elite season next season, he, he could it. get there. Yeah. Uh, but by 22, for sure, God willing, knock on wood. Correct. 23, I should say. Correct. Yeah. Be fantastic, you know. And I, I, I think that's, you know, something that um, is – I think he'll be available to do that. But after that, I don't know. Yeah, listen, what, 74 now, I think he is? Yeah, be 75 in December. Yeah, correct, yeah. So, uh, again, God willing. I mean, his passion is still there. His competitive nature is still there. And the one thing, look, people are entitled to their own opinions. I respect all opinions and what people might think or what they might say about that program. There's no denying what has been accomplished there. No denying it in any way, shape, or form. And I'll say this, too. Uh, he's one of the most accessible uh Except for last week. Decent people. When he stiffed You'll me. You'll never meet when he stiffed everybody last week. <laughs> so, But he's always been that way and reached out. He called to me a short time ago apologizing that he couldn't join us because he'd been busy with practice and such this morning. Right. But that's kind of who he is. So, right. But we will have a nice piece up at CrescentCitySports.com. Kudos to JT. I know you guys celebrated last night. I don't have a piece of cake yet. I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's, it's a great cake, too. It's huge, too. The family's got it somewhere. Yeah. I think they're going to freeze it. <laughs> that would be the thing to do. Yeah. Commemorate. Yep. Hold on to it. Special guy, special accomplishment. Incredible. Congratulations. Godspeed to JT Curtis. All right, Ed, it's been a lot of fun this morning. A lot of topics as always. And All right, my friend. Look forward to doing it next week.